and welcome to Dungeon Protocol. Today we're going to be uh, talking about stats, uh, your general ability scores, and today I'm going to be joined by Jake again, if you'd like to say hi. Hello, it's your local spell dude. So, uh, ability scores in D&D just define how good you are at something, and anything, right? Wouldn't you agree? Huh? Ability scores determine how good you are at many things. It's it basically many determines things. on what you can and cannot do and to the degree of success you usually will get. I wouldn't say to what you can and cannot do, but would rather say, what are the odds that you'll do better than this person or that person? Yeah, I'm going to say, like, the best way to put it is, like, if you want to do something, it relates to an ability score. Yes. Yeah, it's like, so you're not going to have someone who is scrawny beat someone who's strong in an arm wrestle. Like, that's strength, basically. So I think we should just list all the ability scores. There's six in total. The first three, they're kind of grouped into three. The first three are physical-based, and the last three are mental. There is strength, dexterity, and constitution. And then for and the... then you have yeah. wisdom intelligence, and charisma. So, let's start from the top. Strength. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Muscle how, man. Yeah, it's how strong you are. Um, this goes into your skills that are listed within your skills, because each of these ability scores have corresponding skills besides constitution. And of the skills, this would be under athletics. That's the only one that this mainly gets. Um... But you can always use strength for other skills depending on what your DM says. But generally, it's used for athletics. So any form of grabbing someone, punching something, using a big sword, um, like just any form of physical exertion, like carrying something, it's all dependent upon your strength. Some of them use your modifier because each of your scores will have a modifier and a um, a set number, what's the word for that, or is there no defined word? The actual ability score yeah. and then the modifier? Yeah, I think that's what I was looking for, because the actual ability scores is used occasionally by strength, I believe, for the actual determining of how much you can lift. But that always isn't looked into because it's kind of complex to look into without digital tools calculating it all for you. So... That's strength. While dexterity is physical exertion of running or being mobile. And there's also... Um, dexterity also determines uh, the turn order. Uh, in means of initiative. The baseline for uh, initiative is dexterity. And it also affects how easily you are to get hit, which is your armor class. These are all things we'll go on to go further into on another episode. But generally, dexterity is, and we might just kind of explain it here, dexterity increases your likeliness to be hit, or decreases it higher, you know. It changes your likeliness to be hit, changes the, um, you know, increases as dexterity increases, your chance of going first increases, and... Um, your dexterity will also help with some of your weapon attacks. 
dependent yeah, on any, the weapon, but... If any weapon is either uh, labeled as, like, a ranged weapon, like a bow, not a javelin. A javelin is still a melee range, but if it's a pure range, like bows and crossbows, use more dexterity based on, like, aiming instead of physical exertion. And, um, so dexterity would cover archery attacks or any weapons made with made with anything that has the title of finesse. So, um, in if you're looking at we a will just in your... get into that in a later thing, but yeah, but basically is all around good. Yeah, and um, it also is used for stealthing, um, sleight of hand, which could be anything from stealing, pickpocketing to just maneuvering your hands in a specific way is somehow DMs rule it. It's basically just your movements of hand. It's written as something you pick, like use, like a skill you use to pickpocket, but Generally, it could do with anything with your hand. Um, so there's the yeah, stealth, sleight of hand, um, acrobatics. You know, Which general sometimes acrobatics. Sometimes DMs will use the strength thing. Yeah, that's something we can get on later. Uh, athletics or acrobatics are generally interchangeable. Um, so you could also use it to like get out of a grapple by like maneuvering out of it. Uh, is there another dexterity based? Uh, there's acrobatics, stealth, sleight of hand, stealth. Of hand. I'm looking at the character sheet, and that looks like it's about it. All right. And then there's constitution. Constitution increases your hit points and your ability to basically stay alive and to... Cause, uh, so basically, constitution is used against like poisons stuff so it's your ability to take a hit or like to even concentrate on something concentration constitution is, is your durability pretty much yeah um constitution is always a good set to have high as well as dexterity and now i think yeah because um constitution you know increases your hit point um and then it also increases your um Ability to like maintain concentration on a spell if you're a spellcaster or anything of the like. And so now, constitution will also help determine your hit points as you level up. So, yeah, that is something you'd usually like to have at the higher end. And we'll go more into hit points later on when we're doing more general things, and then we'll make sure everything is super clear when we go to the class breakdowns. But, um, after Constitution, there is Intelligence. Do you want to go over Intelligence? Intelligence is pretty much what it sounds like. It is how smart you are. Skills that would require Intelligence? Arcana. Your magic stuff. History. I mean, history that's sort of self-explanatory there. You have Investigation, which is different than Perception. Perception is like noticing something on a whim. And investigation is like, I am going to look into this specific thing and determine Actually, something about it. Perception is your ability to notice something. Investigation is your ability to find out what that thing does. That is literally what I just said. Yeah, well, some people rule it as investigation and perception are interchangeable when they're not. When you investigate something, you look into something. When you perceive something, you just see it. But yes, you can keep on going. And then nature 
It is how well do you know the plants, I believe, but sometimes you might be a wisdom thing for that, but most of the time it will be intelligence because of knowledge of nature. Yeah, it's usually knowledge of nature type things, so anything related to knowing of magic, religion, and nature are your main intelligence checks as well as just looking into things. Um, And now while strength and dexterity were the main um, features of like fighters and frontline characters as well as archers and stuff so that would cover like the ranger paladin even in the you know the fighter barbarian rogue those classes that we talked about in the last episode these those the physical type ones would go to the physical type characters and intelligence would go to like the artificer and the wizard, wizard. all right the next ability score would be wisdom you want me to go into that one? Yes. Alright, so wisdom is mainly used by clerics, druids, uh, rangers. I'm trying to make sure everything. Clerics, druids, rangers, monks. Um, there's a lot of wisdom. And wisdom is used for perception, which is your ability to see things. Survival, which is basically your general street knowledge. It's like... It's like, compar- it's like comparing... Um, Street smart to book smart, intelligence book smart, wisdom street smart. It's like, so that's survival. Uh, I should probably pull up a character sheet so I can make sure. You also have animal handling and medicine for wisdom. Yes, so medicine's your basic ability to um, just heal people, make sure people stay alive. Uh, insight is your ability to read facial expressions and just other expressions around things to get a good idea of what's happening. Animal handling is the thing that's usually used over nature in some circumstances, which is basically your ability to like deal with mainly beasts. Um, <clears throat> yes, yeah, survival is your ability to like, tie knots and like understanding of like nature and like how to build a fire and perceptions that um yeah that's most of wisdom so yeah it's used by druids clerics monks rangers and is there any else uh maybe some subclasses but not gonna get into that no sub- no yeah not the subclasses so yeah that's that's your main wisdom, but we'll get more into the stats of each class when we, at the end of this episode. So, you want to go into charisma now? Alright, charisma. It is how suave you are. It is how good you are with your words. So, stuff that would use charisma. Deception. Intimidation. Persuasion. And, did I miss one? Feels like there should be more. Uh, performance? Oh, yeah, and Performance. So, like, performance, that is like, alright, I'm going to play a piano at your tavern. If I play well enough, can I get a room for free? Uh, You have persuasion, which could be like your typical politician, hey, you should vote for me sort of stuff, or hey, that guy might be lying over there. You have deception, which is like, hey, hey, pal, did you know 2 plus 2 is 5? 
or just like you know, or just like your you know traditional politician. Yeah, that too. (laughs) (laughs) And then you have intimidation. Think of your classic good old school bully. They were very intimidating, probably. That or you were a coward. We don't know. But either way, intimidation falls underneath charisma. Yeah, and generally, I think we should go into the uh, how to fend off of these. So, strength, if anything's using strength against you, generally you want to use dexterity to evade it or competing strengths. Or even like constitution, not even much constitution, but generally like a grapple or like someone trying to push you would be either dexterity or a strength saving throw. Um, if any, not much dexterity could be put against because I'd say dexterity is more of a you're making yourself mobile type thing. So yeah, you can't really use dexterity upon someone. Same thing with con, since it is literally your durability. But so strength, basically, you know, trying to push things like, and those are dexterity and strength, and like trying to push back or run away. Constitution may be able to take the hit, or like, um, constitution must be used against like poisons or narcotics, anything that's trying to harm your physical being. While intelligence would is very rare. Um. To be used against. Usually it's wisdom or charisma. Intelligence, you might say, would see be... an intelligence saving throw or an intelligence check if someone's telling you a lie about history and like you're just gonna go make an history check, which is intelligence based, and go, actually, you're wrong. There's not really many instances. That's the only one I can think of right now. Does Mind but... Sliver? I think Mind Sliver might be an answer to using. Uh, intelligence as a saving throw. I'm checking. Um, because I think the idea... Mind Sliver is a... Here. Yeah, and an intelligence saving throw. So this is a cantrip that basically targets your own, like, knowledge and brain. So anything that basically challenges what you know, or it's like a spell that affects your brain, will usually be, like, intelligence. Very rare. This is a cantrip, I remember just knowing. And, um, it's usually an overlooked, um, it's usually an overlooked ability score if, you know, the player isn't a wizard or artificer. So it usually is a good one to attack against because people aren't going to be as resistant to it. But yeah, anything that really affects your brain, while, like, wisdom, um, I mean, there's nothing you really can, like, wisdom going out, there's not much you can do. Like, it's not an offensive type thing. You just use it to, like, solve issues. Wouldn't you agree with me? Uh, yeah. I don't on- remember making very many wisdom saving throws, but we could very much be wrong. Wisdom saving throws you make a lot of. Checks to oh, make yeah, other wis- people make saving throws. You don't make much of wisdom. Yeah, I'm sorry. But charisma. Checks to make people do saving yeah. throws. You don't do charisma, very much Charisma. Anything against charisma is usually prote- protested by a wisdom saving throw. Yeah. If you try to charisma someone, they are going to make a wisdom check. 
Yeah. For wisdom save. So if you're trying to tell a lie, you know, insight is general used against either insight or just wisdom saving throw. If you're trying to cast a spell to try that uses charisma based features, like usually any charisma caster will attack with wisdom saving throws. And you know, it kind of goes like that. That's their general thing. Uh, I think there's some others. I mean, generally, I'd say like intelligence is Dax, and then like with some I'm trying to think. I don't know. Um, but of the clear ones, charisma does very much attack your wisdom saving throws of all other saving throws. Wouldn't you agree? Uh yeah. If you're talking about an offensive charisma based thing it is either going to be a wisdom thing or possibly a charisma thing yeah because if you're trying to seduce someone for example do not do that that would probably ruin your dm's day but (laughs) if you were to do that i believe it would be contested with another charisma check do not quote me on that. I am not sure. No, it would be wisdom unless they're trying to seduce you even better. <laughs> Basically, yeah. So, you must be wondering how do you determine these. So, generally, there's about three main ways to uh, get your stats. So, the idea for the stats is that it ranges from 0 or like 1 to 20. Or at least until, unless something says it can go over 20. So, <clears throat> this year going to be your ability scores. Generally, you can do point by, which is a system that leaves all your stats around 13 to 14 if you want them to be all even, or like 15 to 8. And to explain what that means, I'll explain what that means later, but I'd say that's not the best way to go, since 10 is about the baseline of acceptable but not good right wouldn't you agree uh yeah 10 or 11 is literally the baseline of i am mediocre at best and on average and then there's rolling for dice or rolling for stats which i'd say the best or one of the most common ways to do that is 46 um highest three and take the highest three some DMs will ones. say reroll ones, others may not, but so basically you'd roll forty six, take the highest three. So basically with rolling dice your maximum's eighteen. Point by I think your maximum's fifteen. And then there's also just standard array, which usually goes I think a common one I've used was eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, Fifteen, seventeen. Right. Hold up. Repeat it one more time. Eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, fifteen, seventeen. Yes, that is the one we used in our first campaign. Yeah. So, basically, now let's explain what these do. So, you get these numbers, and then they're also affected by your race, which we'll get into next episode. Uh, generally, they'll add on a total of three more points, or two in a lot of features, but we'll, we can explain that later. Basically, what happens is that we take the number, subtract it by 10, and then divide by 2. 
so and round down. 10, yeah, and round down. So if it's 10, if your number is 10, divide by, or subtract by 10, it's going to be 0. If it's 11, it'd be 1 half, which would Round down to 0. Yep, 0. 12 would be 1. 12 and 13 would be 1. 14 and 15, 14 and 15 would, be two. would be 2. 16 and 17 would be 3. 18 and 19 would be 4. 20 would be 5. And 9 and 8 would be negative 1. And then this may be possible to get. Um, 6 and 7 would be negative 2. Which is almost only possible if you roll, because if you were to use point by system, guess what? The lowest you can get is an 8, and when DM assign you scores that you can assign to any of your stats, they, the lowest one they usually give you is an 8. And then... so unless you get something that permanently decreases one of those things, pretty much don't need to know these numbers, but like it's subtract yeah. 10, divide by 2, round down. Every time you go down 2, you lose a point. Every time you go up 2, you gain a point from 10, basically. And then you get this number. So let's say if you have a 5, that's your modifier. So if, let's say you're making a, let's say your charisma is a modifier of 5, your stat's a 20, and you're making a persuasion check, and you don't have any proficiencies, which we can explain later, you will roll a d20, which is a 20-sided dice, same as the logo of this podcast. You roll that, and then you add on your charisma modifier, which would be 5. And then you get that number, and that's the number you tell your DM. And basically, what you'll know, because you'll get these skills, and then your class, background, which we'll get to later, and maybe race, will give you set skill proficiencies. And if you have the proficiency, you can add your proficiency bonus, which scales with your level, which goes, I think, it starts at 2, and increases to 3 at level 5, and further on as the levels go. But, what just generally needs to be known, proficiency, you can add that extra bit on. Expertise, we can explain when we get to the expertise-based classes. You basically add those numbers on to whatever you're doing. You're making an attack. That would You would add your strength modifier. Basically, this is how it's running it. So let's say if you're using a strength-based weapon, let's say you're using a greatsword, you have, let's say, a 5. Let's say you, you're proficient with the greatsword because you're playing a barbarian, and you have a 5 in strength. You have plus 7 to hit since you have your proficiency bonus added on. And then... Since it's a great sword, it's 2d6, which is something I just, you know, don't have to worry about it right now. All you have to worry about is that it's the weapon damage plus your strength modifier. The same with finesse. So you just add, so it'd be 2d6 plus 5. That's the damage. And it's a plus 7 to hit because it's your proficiency bonus plus that. And that's something you always want to make sure you have because... These numbers can greatly change if you're dead or alive. Wouldn't you agree? If you're dead, you're dead. But th dead. these can prevent you from being dead. <laughs> if you make sure you're using the right numbers. Yes, if you make sure you use the right numbers, you will be alive. And if you use the wrong numbers, you will either be 
facing the problem of, alright, this feels too easy, something should be off, and something is off, or you completely screwed up in the other direction, and you are dying every three seconds. Yeah. So you really want to make sure you're using these stats when you can. Use the D20. This will go with all your skills and all your saving throws. Your D20 is one of the most used rolls ever. It determines your initiative. It determines a lot of things. And so if you do not stats. like your D20, I would recommend investing in a dice jail <laughs> to make sure you don't roll that thing again. But yeah, now I think we should probably get into the classes in each class and what we recommend as the array for stats. Alright. So, Barbarian. Or do you want to go alphabetical or frontline to spellcaster? I'll just go alphabetical and then artificer last because it's special. No. Fine. Artificer. Um, intelligence is definitely the highest. Then dex or constitution, really. Those two are generally going to be your second-handed handed things, because basically those are two of the most important, just to staying alive. And then you could go strength, wisdom, or charisma, depending on your play style. Wouldn't you agree? Artificer? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's, um, anytime you'd need to use strength, generally they put in ways to use intelligence, so it's really just up to the player. Uh, Barbarian? Strength? Constitution? Dex. Dex, yeah. I'd say, depending on how you build your character, generally you'd want to use strength. You could use dexterity. I don't think it's that good of an idea, though. I would still invest a little bit in the decks, so that yeah, way your want it, class goes up, but... I'd say you're, you, you want to prioritize want constitution and strength yeah. and decks. Yeah, this is one of the classes that you want a really high constitution in, because it adds on to your armor class, which decks mainly does. So if you can get both of them up to, like, 5, and have your strength even not be as high, you could have an armor class of 20, which is really hard to hit. But then it's a question of how good of a barbarian are you actually being if you're not taking any of the hits and they're just missing on you and giving up on you. So, yeah, the barbarian, you want strength, dex, and constitution as your highest. Then, for the bard, you want charisma, dexterity, and constitution. Yeah, generally spellcasters will be their main spellcasting feat, then dexterity and constitution. Maybe strength, depending on what um, subclass you're going into, but we'll describe that in any deep dive. Maybe wisdom, intelligence. When you're a spellcaster, you want to focus more on the mental things. When you're frontline, you want to focus more on the physical things. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, I'd actually argue that you focus on the two main things that your class is there for, plus constitution. And yeah. then you can organize it in any order, because I have played frontline characters with which my strength is my absolute worst stat, because I used nothing that required strength. I was only the mobile boy. Yeah, that strength is one of the most... Strength and intelligence are one of the most less used ones when you don't need it. Yeah. 
So uh, that was Bard. Now we have to be cleric. Yeah, cleric would definitely be wisdom and constitution. Wisdom, and... constitution, strength. Yeah, clerics need. You would like strength for that heavier armor. I would say. Yeah, yeah, clerics you definitely need use heavier no, armor. But it would be highly recommended. Yeah, I'd say well, wisdom. Constitution, then strength, then maybe dexterity, intelligence, and charisma. Dexterity, intelligence, charisma. Just don't get your dex too low. You know, intelligence is usually a dumb set. That's fine. It's the least important in actual play. I mean, just that's how the way things are. So, I think after that would be druid. That sounds correct. Okay, I know I know this one pretty well. You want a high wisdom and a high constitution. Those are your two main points because I don't. I'm not as certain with the other classes, but druids are heavy in concentration spells. That requires your constitution. You're gonna want a high your highest wisdom, second highest constitution. Then you're gonna want a pretty good dexterity. You don't want to get hit as much. Then you might want intelligence for that roleplay feature of getting to know around things, or charisma to communing with animals and stuff and such. Strength can be the lowest. Alright. Next, we have fighter. Fighter, you pretty much choose what you want. There are subclasses which you want to focus on intelligence. Because there is a spellcasting subclass of fighter. But there are also other ones where it's like, alright, just focus on hitting. So you can focus on strength, dexterity, and con. Or possibly even just dexterity and con on their own. But yeah, you, the main thing is you want to get that con up. And strength or dexterity. And you want to make sure you have... a bit of dexterity if your strength is not high enough to wear heavy armor. But for fighter, you just want to be able to make sure you can hit stuff. And then depending on the subclass, you might want to do other things with your mental ability scores. Do you also want to talk about monk? Aha, yes. Monk. One of the classes Zack has killed one of my characters' ass. Right. Monks, you want dexterity, wisdom, and then it's your choice. Like, you can use strength, but the main ability of the monk lets you replace the strength with the dexterity thing. So you can go dexterity, wisdom, and then mental ability scores and strength. Oh yeah, don't forget con. You always want con for the hit points, but like you want dexterity, wisdom, con, and then it's your choice of the other three. Yeah. I'll go on to paladin. So, paladin, you want a pretty high charisma, but I generally say you want strength to be even higher. You also want a high constitution. Then, you know, your charisma is going to be used for your spells and your smite and stuff, so you want a Pretty high charisma, but high strength, high constitution. Then your fourth would probably be about wisdom, then dex, then intelligence. 
And then I can also go into Ranger if you want. You can do Ranger if you want. Alright, so Ranger is kind of like the same with Paladin, except this is a bit more open. Um, it depends on if you want to, you know, it's kind of like Fighter, in which you can go Strength, Dexterity, or just Dex. Um, I'd say generally, though, you at, instead of the Constitution, you're more focused on Wisdom, is that's how you cast your spells. But you need to have one of your since this is a secondary spellcaster, you want one of your physical features to be higher than your mental features. So you'd want either high dex for like archery or like finesse weapons, or high strength for greater weapons. And then, yeah, you want your wisdom to be about the second highest. Then con, generally any, you know, generally the case with um just frontline characters and stuff. So if you're going like a strength-based build, I'd probably say strength, wisdom, dex, con, and then you have intelligence and charisma you could put down there, whatever you want. Or dex, then wisdom, then con. Then you can even have your strength be one of your lowest, or keep put that after those three, and then have intelligence and charisma kind of be the lowest. Alright, then you have the rogue, which we all know rogues, the stereotype is to be stealthy, meaning you want that dex, and you want that constitution. And then your abilities from there, they vary on subclass, honestly. There are yeah, subclasses there's... which will use the typical rogue thing of intelligence, which is what they recommend since... I believe more of the subclasses are intelligence-based than otherwise. Not necessarily, but your saving throws intelligence. Yeah. But rogues will typically use dexterity, constitution, and then based on subclass it will change. Intelligence or mainly, mainly intelligence or charisma, which is actually, charisma comes up a lot more than I probably should. I mean, you need to be deceitful as a rogue, so... Yeah, um, there's you definitely that You don't need aspect. to be deceitful as a rogue, but that is stereotypical. Yeah, um, and that's, I think, the case with the swashbuckler, and I think one more. But we're not going to get into that. All we're going to say is intelligence or charisma, depending on which way you want to go with the rogue. Uh, do you want me to do sorcerer, or do you want to do sorcerer? You can do sorcerer. Why, do you want to do the one after? Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorcerer, they are constitution and charisma heavy. Those are their saving throws. Those are what you want to put the highest. You're not gonna... You're gonna be kind of an easy target, and you don't have that much hit points since you have one of the lowest hit dice, so you want a high constitution. Then dexterity. You want to prioritize being able to survive a hit, then not taking the hit. So you want to have your spellcasting, con decks, and then um, generally strength doesn't do that high. Maybe you can get a high wisdom so you can make those saves as well as maybe a pretty good intelligence. Yep, you want to go Warlock now? Yes, I will talk about Warlock. Alright, Warlock. You want Charisma? X1. Hmm? That is pretty much it. You can use intelligence above uh, 
decks if you so desired, but like I'd recommend on not being able to take a hit and take a hit rather than no things, but that is personal playstyle. You can always shake it up, but Warlocks cast with their charisma, so you're going charisma, and then pretty much whatever you want. You can look into the logistics of things, but if you're going for a quick basic build, charisma, dex, con, you choose the other three. Yeah. Okay, yeah, most of the things... Wizards? Yeah, I'll talk about Wizard. I was just going to say, most of the things in the Warlock are built around Charisma. In the Wizard, pump out that intelligence. Constitution. It's a lot like the Sorcerer, except it just doesn't have it, um, the saving throw of Constitution. You want to do that. You know, you want to do that intelligence. Your goal is to stay alive. Don't worry about the strength. But intelligence, Con, Dex, Wisdom, Charisma, Strength. Something around that line. And that should be every class. So, generally, this is, uh, I'm going to call this going to be the end of the episode. Uh, Jake go off and do a spell thing, and then we'll actually call it off. I just want to go over some podcast things. So this is going to be labeled as season one of our podcast character creation. We'll have other seasons. I'm going to try getting these out once a week. No specific date. I know last episode was uploaded on Friday the 24th. I might get this one up uh, uploaded either tonight, which is, um, I think, Monday the 27th, or sometime around it. I don't want to... I really... Um, most of these episodes, I just kind of want to record in bulk, like season by season, get as much out as we can, and then take a break, so you're not waiting weeks and weeks for just a whole section of information to be released. So, um, anything else you might want to add on to this? Uh, the actual content and what we are planning on doing. Yeah, since it is break time, we are probably going to be trying to record a bunch in bulk because of scheduling issues, but other than that, all yeah. I have left is my spell minute. Yeah, so I'll let you talk about spells for a minute or two. And then, or a spell, and then we'll come back and end the episode. So, have fun. Alright. So, since we just talked about ability scores, I would love to talk about one of the most famous spells that requires a saving throw. That's what that spell is. Fireball. And fireball, pretty much summon a fireball. It can hit anywhere within 150 feet, and it has a radius of 20 feet, and will deal 8d6 fire damage on a failed save. For the saving throw, it is a dexterity saving throw, meaning if you have a 10 in dexterity and do not have proficiency in the saving throw, or to figure out how much you actually rolled, you're going to take that thing, divide it by, eh, subtract 10, that's going to get easier. Divide by 2. You're still at 0. And add that to whatever you roll on your d20. Let's say you rolled a 4. That means for your saving throw, you rolled a 4. Compared to if you have a 20 index, subtract 10. That's going to be 10. Divide by 2. That's going to be 5. Then you add that to whatever you rolled on your d20. Once 
Once again, let's call it four. This time you rolled a nine instead of a four. As an example of how does that ability score actually affect how gameplay is made. And you may be wondering, all right, how is it determined if I succeed or fail? For anything that is cast, whoever casts it has a spell casting ability, which would be 10 plus their skill spell casting ability modifier plus their proficiency bonus maybe i am i actually forgot this a little bit so i gotta look it up really quick <laughs> i'm stupid i'm sorry but a plus proficiency bonus plus their spell casting ability yeah oh it is plus proficiency bonus then. okay so, let's say you had 10 in your spellcasting ability modifier, and your proficiency bonus was 2. That means it's a DC of 12, meaning you have to roll 12 or above to have succeeded, meaning both the 9 and the 4 that we theoretically rolled would fail, and you would take 8d6 fire damage, meaning you roll 8 different <laughs> normal die, and that is how much damage you would take. Except you're wrong. You said, let's say you have a 10 in your spellcasting ability. Do you mean a 14? Wait, what? You said it was plus the thing. I said it's 8 plus proficiency bonus, which is... Oh, 8. I'm stupid. Yeah, it's 8 plus yeah. proficiency bonus. Yeah, I'm sorry. So it would be a DC of 10. I can... My numbers are all over the place. We'll get into the spell casting stuff with each spellcaster. Yeah. Um, so, it is 8 plus the 2 as your proficiency bonus, which is a 10, which still the 9 and the 4 would both still fail. Alright, so you explain the spell good? Yeah. Alright, so... Um, any episode that Jake isn't on, I'll just add, add a segment. Generally, at least these first season season of episodes, the character creation, I'm going to have a similar set of people because they're more versed in the actual mechanics of character creation. Well, I'll have more other type of people over in this podcast for more roleplay type things or adventure, stuff like that. The general scope of guests will change, but you'll see a trend throughout each season. And, um... Yeah, so, anything else you want to say? Uh, not that I can add. Alright, so yeah, this episode was all about stats. I know, we, I think we said we were going to do races last episode. I figured this would be more important. We went over how, um, what each stat does, how to obtain your stat numbers, and, um, what class goes with, or what stats go per class. What class she go <laughs> you know, classes and stats put together. Um, so next episode, we're going to talk about races. We're going to go pretty... We're not going to go too in-depth with them. We're just going to describe the basic race. We're going to try to categorize them. Um, yeah, I don't know any good ways to actually go in-depth to the races without spending a couple episodes on that. We could prob... I mean, I think... Next episode, we'll at least go into the races, describe them, and give a brief overview of each race. 
Doesn't that seem fair? I wouldn't give a brief overview of each race, but just, like, give an overview of some basic races. Yeah. Plus custom lineage if people want to add a little bit more flavor to their character. Well, we might spend a couple episodes on races. I just want to make, I want this to be pretty simple. I'll go over all, what all the main races are. At least the ones I know I have access to, because I'm pretty sure I have some of the most common books to have. And we'll just yeah, go over the races, give a brief, try to get over it, try to get it all done within an hour, or maybe an hour and a half to two, depending on... That might be one of the longer episodes you might have a lot to sit in for. And then, so we'll, pro- we'll try doing races next episode, then we'll go over other equipment, you know, starting at level one, maybe spell casting in the episode after that too. So yeah, you have a lot to look forward to. And then once we get all that done, we'll go in a deep dive about every uh, class and suggested races for those classes. And then we'll try to incorporate more of those races. So you have a good enough, what, with the 13 classes in the game, you have a, at least another good 14, 15 episodes to go. Does All that right. seem fair? Yep. So next episode, you may be joined by Jake or someone else who's willing. There's no uh, set clear thing to this. I'll try getting on a new guest if I can. And we'll see you next time on Dungeon Protocol. Goodbye.